Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. I have been a fan of one of the OG reality shows, Survivor, since season one premiered back in May of 2000. For those who don't watch, Survivor places a group of strangers in an isolated location where they have to forage for food, make fire, and build shelters for themselves. The contestants compete in challenges, including testing their physical abilities, like running and swimming, in addition to their mental abilities, like solving puzzles and endurance challenges, for rewards and immunity from elimination. The contestants are progressively eliminated from the game as they're voted out by fellow contestants until only one remains and is given the title of sole survivor and wins the grand prize of $1 million. Now, in addition to being a big social experiment, it turned out that the very first winner was a gay man. Inclusivity and winning all in one. So, of course, I tuned in last month with the premiere of season 42, where Jackson Fox, a 48-year-old healthcare worker in Pasadena, Texas, became the first openly transgender competitor in the history of the game. Now, I know, I know, some folks will point to Zeke Smith, who competed in the game in 2017 as the first trans man to play Survivor, but... Not to take away points, he didn't do so openly. He actually was outed as trans in a hideously rude manner by another competitor during a tribal council. But this season, Fox opened up to his tribe during their very first night during a fire chat. He shared that he had originally applied as a contestant for Survivor 10 years ago as a woman. Fox shared that when he realized he was trans, his parents couldn't get on the same page about his transitioning, so he moved away. But some years ago, his mother became ill, and he moved back home to take care of his mom. During that time, healing in his relationship with his parents occurred. Fox told Entertainment Weekly, quote, I wanted to put it out there because I wanted my message to get out that anybody can do this. You can be in one of the worst places in your life, which I was. For 40 years, I was a miserable person. And then I found out who I was supposed to be and started living my life for the first time. And I enjoyed everything around me. So I tell people I did that because I wanted to give that one person hope that you can do this. You're not alone. You just have to open yourself up for the support. And that's what I did with my tribe. I wanted them to know I was an honest person. I wasn't trying to skate by. I wanted them to know the real me. In my exclusive chat with Fox, he says he felt sharing his truth went much better than he could have imagined. In fact, the one thing the producers didn't show at the end of that moment on TV was a big group hug among the Taku tribe members. But... On day three of the adventure, Survivor host Jeff Probst visited the camp and asked to speak to Fox privately. It turns out that Fox had not disclosed he was taking the medication lithium until the day before filming was to begin. He explained he began taking the drug a few years before to help him sleep and cope with anxiety during the time he was taking care of his mother. However, lithium can cause some serious issues for people in stressful situations, like Survivor, 
where they may not be getting proper nutrition or hydration, you have to cope with heat, and the physical challenges. Fox says when he got the call from Survivor, he began to wean himself off of the medication. But by the time he got out to the island, he still had a couple of doses left. You can't just stop taking the drug because you can go through withdrawal symptoms. The producers decided to let Fox start the game because nothing's going to happen in 24 to 48 hours, so nobody was worried at that point. While nothing serious occurred during those two days, Jackson tells me in our chat that he did have some dizzy spells on day two, and he knew the producers were watching him. Jeff Probst told Fox that the cumulative effect of the stresses of the show would have a potentially very bad impact on him. And with safety being paramount, the producers made the choice to pull Fox from the game in that first episode. Although his hopes were dashed, Fox acknowledged the reality, expressing his appreciation for the situation being handled with care. He also says he has no regrets about being part of the show. It was the best 48 hours ever. On Instagram, Fox later described his short time in the game as a once-in-a-lifetime experience that absolutely changed my life. Folks, our hero came off as such a good guy, and I'm such a fan of the show, plus the LGBTQ connection, I reached out to chat with the newly anointed fan favorite of Survivor, Jackson Fox. Hey, Jackson. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having time to talk. I appreciate it. Of course. Well, first of all, I have to say congratulations for making it on Survivor. I have been a fan of the show since season one. I swear. <laughs> I don't miss an episode. <laughs> um, I could never do it, but I admire everyone who does. Was being on Survivor a goal of yours for a long time? Actually, it was not. It was like I said, it was like a fluke. Uh, someone dared. I never watched reality TV at all, and someone dared me at work. Said, "Have you ever watched Survivor?" And I'm like, "No, I don't watch Survivor." And they said, "Just watch it one time. I dare you. You know, twenty bucks, you'll watch it." And I was like, "Oh, for twenty bucks, sure, I'll sit through an hour, not a problem." And I sat through an hour of it, and I was hooked. And I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And I got so involved in it, and then I started watching it constantly. And of course, back then there wasn't Netflix. Right. So you couldn't binge watch every season. You just had to wait like everybody else was. And then I got hooked to it. <laughs> well, you know, I, the same thing happened with my brother. For I think about by season eight, I finally mentioned it to my brother. And he was like, oh, I don't know. Well, I'll take a look. And the, the minute he watched it, he was hooked. And he had to go back and watch everything from the beginning. And now he's a super fan. He gets so mad if I have to be out at an event the night that the show airs. He gets so mad that I can't, he can't call me and discuss it because he immediately wants to rehash everything that just happened. Well, especially now it's changed. And it's a little bit different. It is. And everybody has their opinions on if it's better or worse or harder or easier. You know, it's just fun. That's how I look at it. It was just fun. The first thing I want to mention is I appreciated so much that on the first night, you made a point during a fire talk to come out as transgender. And I wanted to ask you, clearly that was something you thought about. You mentioned that you wanted to be very open about things and you think discussing things is the best way to go in life. Could you just talk about what that moment was like for you and did it go the way you thought it would? It was surreal because I've never, you know, I've, I've sat back and I've gone to talks where I've spoken to a bunch of healthcare professionals about being transgendered and how to deal with people in the hospitals, but I've never sat down with a, which is weird to say, a 
close group of people, even though it was the first night, you've already got a bond with these people. And you, it's also another kind of bond where they could vote you out if they find out who you are, or you just never know. It went better than I thought it was going to go because I was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew we had a lot of different people on our tribe, especially Jonathan. I was a little more concerned because we both came from a very Christian background, so I was a little, little hesitant. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan was nothing but accepting. It was something I always knew the, the first time I had everybody together, I was going to be honest about who I was because I just didn't want – one, I didn't want to be outed. Mm-hmm. We'd already been through this situation, and that just scared me. But two, I just – my whole gameplay was just honesty. This is who I am. Right. And you're going to find out at some point by looking at me. And I'd rather you ask questions and that I'm open to answer all types of questions, you know, because the curiosity is there. And it went great. I felt nothing but, you know, what they didn't show afterwards was we had a group hug. Everybody was loving toward it. You know, it was wonderful. I, I really could have asked for anything better. Well, for the listeners, I want to make sure that I remind them in case they didn't see the season, there was this rather ugly moment in 2017 when Zeke Smith, who was a transgender competitor, but he had not been open about being transgender, and he was outed during a tribal council, which was very ugly, and I thought that was hideous. And so when you stepped up, I just thought, well, now this is the way to handle this. And also the way you handled the telling the story and explaining it, I think it was such a great thing for America to hear what being transgender is like and coming from you. And it was such a calm and, and easy to take in story. Well, thank you. It's, it, it didn't feel that way going through. <laughs> you look back at it now and you're like, oh, that was just horrible. Now I'm like, oh, it was it's so there's a reason why you go down that path. You don't know it at that point. Without getting too personal, can I ask how your health is right now? My health is really good. <laughs> awesome. I just want to make sure because I would I, like to. No, yeah. I want to bring up what happened. Medication. In comes Jeff. Like, what is it on day two? Day three. Day three. And he comes yeah. in, and as many of you have said, now when Jeff comes to camp, this is not a good thing. And he pulls you aside, and you have the talk. And for listeners who didn't watch, you should have watched already. You explained that you had been on lithium. Uh, it was something you hadn't shared with the producers uh, until the day before. Because of the medication, they decided to take you out. It, can I ask, because it wasn't quite clear for the TV audience, so you were weaning yourself off of the medication so it wouldn't be a problem, and you had you said you had two doses left? I had two doses left, and when you get to camp, before you even get on the game, you obviously meet with the doctor, and they, they've had a list of all your medications. Everything you're taking, you're taking every test. And when I got with them, it wasn't even dawning on me the problem that it would be. I was like, oh, I have two doses left. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we can't. Obviously, due to COVID, we can't just ship your test results off and get an immediate response. So that became a worry. And they're like, we know we're just going to take it day by day and see how we do. And I knew they noticed something on me on day two because I was wobbling a little bit due to not drinking. And it was hot. The dehydration had kind of kicked in. I was going to ask, so they were obviously watching you. Did you feel uh, some kind of side effects? I did. I was uh, wobbly. <laughs> were the side effects because you stopped taking the drug? Yes, I was finally done. So ah. I was going through withdrawals. So then they think, you know, you're going through withdrawals and you're not drinking. You think you are, but you're you're not. I think I drank out of an entire canteen. I drank half in three days. Oh, no, Jackson. Yeah, it, it was horrible. And and I knew when I saw him, I thought, oh, this can't be good. 
Yeah. And but you know he handled it so gracefully. With so me. gracefully, it was such a great chat. And it, you know, one thing I had never thought about that this brought up as a, as a fan myself is I never thought about people who have to take medication every day. You know, they they send you out on an island and you have to rough it, but. There are people who maybe have to take insulin every day. Maybe there are people with HIV meds or something. And it never occurred right. to me. So that does continue. There are people who, like in, in a situation like that, there are people, the, the medical team uh, dispenses medications as needed uh, if you're on them or prescriptions. Right. Yeah. So, like, I've had a heart attack actually in um, 2018. Oh, my goodness. And I'm still on. I know I did. I the, literally it was the month of my mother passed. Hmm. I had a heart attack right after she passed, and I've been on medication since. But it's not anything other than it's just maintenance. You're sure. just keeping up with daily life, and so they make sure that you're taking it. But they also make sure that it's not going to do anything while you're on the island. That you're constantly watched. There's doctors out there every two to three days checking on you. So this was just an unfortunate, you know, part of it. But at least I got to do three days. Absolutely. So, uh, and I was going to ask, so 48 hours of Survivor, was it what you thought it would be? Oh, and more. Really? Oh, so much. Yeah, the fact that the first thing you do when you get on an island is you do a challenge. And I watched that challenge. That was a tough challenge. <laughs> it really wasn't. You know, it's not graceful. None of it is graceful. <laughs> and you're having a blast. You're doing it. But what they don't, you know, you prepare yourself for is to literally have a camaraderie with people that you just met so over the same bond of the love of a game. And I have family for life. I was not expecting that. I really did not after three days. But I can tell you right now, all these people, they're family. That's awesome. And I got to go out there and share my story. And from that moment, I have gotten nothing but positive reinforcement from parents, family saying, could you talk to my kid about, you know, dealing with being transgendered in school? You know, can you talk to our school? Can, mm. I mean, this is a this is why we do this. Well, because you were a terrific, just a terrific representative for the transgender community. You. you really represented well. Thank you. And you immediately became a fan favorite. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are. People saying, you shouldn't have gone off. And I went from your lips to Jeff's ears, people. This is all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> now, has, I don't know if they'll even let me ask this question, but has there been any talk of like, since we're taking you out early, you know, in the past, they've done like uh, unfinished business seasons where they bring people back. Is, is that a possibility that could happen in the future? I mean, they've not asked me, but I have put it out to anybody that's listened that I would definitely be interested in going again. <laughs> I think you would be welcomed by the TV audience so greatly. If they saw your face, everyone would cheer because you immediately, immediately you became a fan favorite. What was it like watching your episode at home? Did it appear while you're watching at home to be what it actually was? I cried. I did. I, it's very emotional. You watch it, you're so excited, and you don't know how it's going to be edited. You don't know what they're actually going to show. I mean, I really had no idea. And when they actually showed the talk, I, I cried. And I was like, this is this is like my end game. Mm -hmm. This is why I went through everything I went through. This is why I told my story about my family. And it, it got my father and I even closer. That's awesome. He watched it and put his hand on mine and said, I am so proud of my son. And I thought, that's it. That's, that's what I've gone for my whole life is to have this relationship with my father. And it took me to my mother to get it, but that's okay. Cause she's looking down and she's proud and she went through everything with her own set of grace. Mm -hmm. And father and I are in this wonderful, just amazing father son relationship now. 
So, and this is Survivor's a bonding thing. Now, speaking of, you're watching all of the episodes since then now. What are your thoughts watching the season so far? Ooh, I'm just like everybody else. I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's great because you know these people and you're like, oh my gosh, I love them all. And you're watching it all play out. And to me, it's like I'm just watching it firsthand because I didn't get to see everything. I mean, I've heard everything, you know, through the time. But getting to watch it, oh, it's even more spectacular when you know the people. So it makes me love the show even more. You know, I live in Las Vegas, and Janu, a showgirl from Las Vegas, was on the show uh, about 10, 12 years ago. And I got to know her. And one of the things she said that was most surprising as a competitor is once you get home, you realize how little, I mean, they're filming everything and the TV audience sees so little because they have to compress Mm -hmm. all of the storytelling into, you know, these moments to get it in. But she said, you know, things take so much longer. Sometimes you have no idea. Um, And so being in it, it's just surreal to, to experience it and see how long things take or how tough it really can be. Oh yeah. Sleeping on bamboo is nothing like you think it is. It is not sleeping. (laughs) You're just laying there, unfortunately, and then you have to know that there's everyone around you is snoring, so there's really no sleeping involved. Uh, it's more so just a uh, call it just camping. You're just camping and chatting with people all night long. There's no such thing as sleep, so no. But it, it definitely does. They don't show near what you go through, but that's what makes it fun. I have one last question. Are you pulling for anyone in particular to win? Can you say that? I'm pulling for someone. I can't say who it okay. is, but I'm definitely pulling. Uh, my hopes are high. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm excited for everybody, though, because they all did an amazing job. Anyone that can get on the show, they're winners, period. I agree Online. completely, completely. Um, it, for me, it's like the Olympics. I, you know, people say, oh, they came in 27th in their event. I'm like, they got to the <laughs> Olympics. You get to the Olympics. Proud. Yeah, I did the Survivor of Olympics. There you go. <laughs> you did. You did. Listen, Jackson, thank you so, so much for having the time to chat. I just thought you were so inspirational okay. on the show. And I will personally vote for you to come back on an unfinished business season because I think you're <laughs> terrific. I think that's great. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Absolutely. You have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. I want to say thanks again to Jackson and to the PR team at CBS for giving me a chance to chat about Jackson's Survivor Adventure. As fans know, the new season is still going on, airing Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. 7 Central on CBS. Trust and believe, I'll be watching. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of the Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time.